And please welcome my guest today, the man known as Shreddy. How are we, my friend? Shreddy is ready for some podcasting action tonight, so let's do this. In the words of Leroy Jenkins, let's do this. Of course, of course. We've got lots to get through, obviously, North Wrestling, Wrestling in Newcastle, Bodybuilding. There's so much to get through, but first, intern, roll the intro. Now, of course, we had this schedule, I think it was a few months ago, but because you're a busy, busy guy, it didn't go yeah. to plan. Shreddy, yeah, uh, no show, that's Shreddy, no shows. Uh, but you know what, it's obviously great to have you on, mate. Uh, how's your week been? Week's been good, uh, busy as usual, balancing, you know, shoot life, wrestling life, gym, everything in between, but if I wasn't busy, I'd be complaining, so yeah, all good. And how do you balance all that? Really, really tiring, I presume? Oh, nightmare. Like, as you can say, we were meant to be doing this, what, 20 minutes ago, 25 minutes ago. Every single, this is the story of my life. Every single day I have a planned out, live, literally live by the calendar. And every day, everything kind of falls back. So I try and cram too much into one day and it just ends up, everything kind of falling back. So, yeah, I balance it, but uh, with great difficulty. Of course, of course. But, you know, like I said, mate, obviously today is obviously about you. We've got loads of stuff to talk about. Um I say this to obviously every single person I speak to. If there's anything I ask and you don't feel comfortable talking about it for whatever reason, you just say next question, we move on. Does that sound all right? Yeah, no bother. So obviously, I, I want to start obviously with, with North Wrestling. Now, obviously, I was looking through your career and you've obviously done quite a bit for obviously North Wrestling. So yeah, talk about obviously working there. Yeah, so North is well, it's really where like, it's the show, the promotion that I consider I really got me break and it's the promotion that I always call it my home show, if that makes sense. So North Wrestling is in Newcastle. Now, anyone south of, say, Middlesbrough, south of Teesside, assumes I'm a Geordie. Anyone from the northeast knows I'm not a Geordie, knows that people from Teesside have a very different accent to actual Geordies. Um, we have nothing alike, but if you're basically in the southern part of England, which for me is south of uh south of Middlesbrough you kind of confuse us all together so I live in a town called Hartlepool but there's no wrestling in Hartlepool so Newcastle is like the big area for wrestling up in the northeast and North Wrestling I started with those guys back in 2017 um it's where I had my kind of debut on a show as a character doing angles where I was able to kind of become a character on the show. Um, and I had, I was scheduled to have my first ever match there, ended up being my second ever match because I had a match like literally the week before at Rise, based down in Leeds. But North is kind of the show that really, you know, allowed me to get on, on the company that allowed me to get onto shows. Uh, and then over the years, I've had some of my best matches, some of my best opponents. Like, I got to wrestle Scotty Tuohotty this year on that show. Last year, I was involved in Scotty Tuohotty. I got to wrestle Joe Hendry. And I think as an offshoot of wrestling Joe Hendry, that led to kind of getting put on the map with um, TNA when they were over for the UK invasion. Wrestled Mao, um, a Japanese wrestler. 
Um, I've done loads of stuff in the early days with London Gentry, Benji, um, and Zio Knox, with Rory Coyle, with Liam Slater. There's probably other things I'm forgetting. Um, but yeah, North is kind of like really what put me on the map, allowed me to get me break, and has given me some of the best opportunities and like best matches that I've had. Awesome, awesome. So one thing obviously I was looking here is England's hardest men. Talk about that. So yeah, so it's funny because England's hardest men to me, it's like it seems like it was yesterday, but England's hardest men was actually like we've not done it since before lockdown. And uh, that's how long ago it was. So England's hardest men is how I kind of broke onto the scene as um a tag team with another wrestler called Big Lou Nixon. Um we met each other literally at day that we started training wrestling training we didn't know each other but just by chance we both started training on the same day and because we were like the new guys at training we just got talking and then you know became mates and ended up tagging and we came up with this gimmick of england's hardest men which at the risk of sounding or bear, uh, the risk of getting heat and i do get heat with a lot of people in wrestling unintentionally i get called a natural hail by a lot of people just because i don't like I don't know, I don't politic, I don't play the game, if you like. Um, England's Hardest Men came about because we'd saw that in wrestling, everyone at the time, it seemed anyway, everyone's gimmick, and I hate using the word gimmick, more of a persona is kind of how I would describe things, was they were just hard men wrestlers, but they were like kids who looked like shit, they had no presence about them, but their gimmick was the hard men. So we played off that as a complete comedy spoof thing, England's Hardest Men, where Lou was a legit MMA fighter. So if there was someone in British wrestling who could actually feasibly pull that gimmick off, it would be Lou because he's got that real world, that real credibility of he's an MMA fighter, he's a boxer, like literally does that, you know, does MMA fights, does boxing matches alongside wrestling. You might have been taking a break at the time. Then I kind of came in as a bodybuilder. So I got into the gym um, because of wrestling. And then, you know, we'll probably end up talking about this later on the podcast. But, like, to look at me on a promo picture, it's like, right here, looks like a wrestler. So we took that dynamic of an actual hard man, someone who looks like a hard man. And I was a comedy, you know, spoof character it was a comedy tag team a uh, bit of comic relief just spoofing like people who came into wrestling thinking that they were legit hard men sounds fun sounds fun so obviously you mentioned scotty to Watty, but there's two other names obviously i want to throw at you nathan cruz and rampage brown and the reason obviously i bring these two up is a lot of people speak highly of these two yeah Is there a question there or... Yeah, just talk about obviously working with these two, sorry. Oh, so working with them. So, yeah, so Rampage Brown is kind of like, you know, he's the wrestler who trained me. So when I started training, it was at Rampage Brown's um, training um, school. So he very first training session was with Rampage Brown. Very quickly, like literally two or three sessions with him, found Mighty Jones and um, John Moss. So my time in the very early days of wrestling was spread between weekly sessions, training with Rampage Brown, training with Mighty Jones, doing lots of miles, lots of travelling, lots of late nights to get that training in. And then every so often, would get over to Johnny Moss's training facility as well. So, you know, Rampage Brown's really, really respected by a lot of, you know, by everyone on the British scene. Nathan Cruz, um, one of the best wrestlers I've ever worked against. Uh, had some of the best matches against Nathan. Always 
you know, gives good feedback. When I say good feedback, I don't necessarily mean like they put you over or they blow smoke up your ass. When I say good feedback, it's they give you good advice and good feedback to allow you to improve. Um, but yeah, Nathan Cruz ran the um, NGW training down in Hull. Rampage ran kind of the northeast branch. Um, so yeah, spent a lot of time with Rampage Brown training and um, did some Butlins runs early in my career. So I was around Nathan Cruz quite a bit as well. I've worked Nathan Cruz at North um, at a company called 3CW um, back in, you know, years ago. Um, and most recently, actually, about two months ago, wrestled Nathan Cruz. First time we've worked each other since before lockdown. Um, at WAW, um, which is the Knights Federation, like the Knights Wrestling Promotion. So that was, you know, really good to be able to, you know, work Nathan after all this time again. Awesome, awesome. So you obviously mentioned Newcastle. Now, there's obviously a show coming up called Wrestling in Newcastle, and this is your next opponent. Talk about this. Yeah, so Joe Connors um, is a guy that I've known for years, um, Kind of like one of the old guard, if you like, someone kind of on that Rampage Brown level where, you know, well-respected by a lot of the boys, a lot of the workers, a lot of the talent um, on the scene. Joe Connors is one of these guys who's, you know, been all over the world wrestling. He was signed by NXT UK, so, you know, really experienced being trained by, you know, some of the most experienced guys in the world. Um, wrestling in Newcastle is a promotion run by one of my best mates, not just in wrestling, but one of my best mates, you know, full stop, Benji. Um, he's like, you know, involved in running the promotion and I was meant to be wrestling for wrestling in Newcastle on their first show. Uh, I was injured, couldn't do it, was injured for the second show, was still kind of, you know, on that recovery period. Um, and yeah, finally able to, um, you know, get, get me debut in for wrestling in Newcastle. Uh, which takes place at the time of recording this, like a week on Saturday. So looking forward to us. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously I, I saw the poster here for the next one, which is the Great North Rumble. This really intrigues me for some reason. I've got to be honest. Okay. What, what, was, mean, it, what was it that intrigued you? Yeah? I mean, look who's obviously on there. Obviously yourself there, obviously Scotty Rock. So there's some obviously good talent there. I mean, is it, can you any spoilers on this? Or don't we know anything yet? Uh, I know I'm on the show, and that's it. Um, yeah. I think we'll just leave it at that then, shall we? <laughs> yeah. So, you obviously mentioned heel, so I'm going to ask you, heel or face? In regards to what? Wrestling. What about heel or face? Like, what do I prefer, working or? Yes, which one do you prefer? Um, probably heel. So, for the longest time, I worked as a face. Um, I didn't think I could be a heel. And then again at North is kind of where I started working as a heel. And coming out of lockdown, I developed like the Jack Stack Daddy persona and work pretty much heel everywhere um, coming out of lockdown. And the, the difference was like night and day. Like looking at kind of how my career's gone, post lockdown compared to where it was going pre-lockdown i just feel like the persona the character is much better my in-ring work is much better my understanding of wrestling is much better my understanding of you know just every everything i think yeah. working as a heel i think it's i think given the way that i look on the british scene it's very easy especially in front of like adult crowds it's very easy for me to generate that heel heat. 
Um, but I think a lot of the places I work, it's almost like, you know, especially with like an adult audience, they know the difference between that guy's a prick and this guy is good at portraying a prick. And I think a lot of the, you know, the older wrestling fans kind of love to hate me, if that makes sense. Uh, there'll be people out there who think I'm a shite wrestler and that is what it is like. There'll be people out there who genuinely dislike me for whatever reason or they'll see the shreddy on the show and they will think that is, you know, shreddy and like that's that guy in real life and they'll hate me, hate me. Um, but I think for the most part, fans kind of appreciate the work that you do and if you're you know put on a good show i think they just appreciate that um and then family shows like i think i can walk out in a family show and again just you know the way i look i look like that stereotypical what a maybe is what a parent or a non-wrestling fan thinks a wrestler should look like or what they used to look like i walk out and i get cheered because like oh it's a wrestler so then sometimes it's like yeah, you get that first reaction, then you've got to work a little bit hard to kind of turn them around and re- make them realise, oh, this guy, like, we actually don't like this guy. Um, but I'd say in general, I'd probably prefer um, working as a heel. But I do enjoy working as a face. It's what, you know, it's what I did for years when I got started. So it's, you know, I think, yeah, I think um, I, I would probably say if I had to pick one, though, I am a better heel than a face. But, yeah, that, I'll leave that for fans to decide. Of course. So this obviously brings me to my next question. Do you prefer tag matches or single matches? Singles by yeah, singles. Fair enough. I mean, that's straight to the point. No bullshit. Yeah. Love it. Love I used it. to do a lot of tag stuff, like I say, when I started, and every now and then, like yeah, I still do tag work, but I got into wrestling to be a singles wrestler. I, I'll do any match, you know, whatever a promoter wants from me. But if it's the choice of like, do you want to specialize in being a singles wrestler? Do you want to specialize in being a tag wrestler? And um, being a singles wrestler is kind of what you know, what, what I would pick. Absolutely. So I was looking obviously through obviously your Twitter and stuff and please tell me how the Shreddy Breck thing came about. So the name came about all the sorry loads of times. Um Shreddy Breck, I now just go by Shreddy typically. Um but the Shreddy Breck name came about years and years and years ago. Probably back in 2012-ish maybe. Uh, I was working with one of my best mates just in a you know normal shoot job as long before I started wrestling. Um I was bodybuilding, not competing yet. I hadn't quite started competing, but I was, you know, following that bodybuilding lifestyle. And you see loads of oats and ready break. So my mate was asking me for advice. He was always asking me for advice. And then just one day, um, conversation turned about, he was ignoring my advice, but listening to YouTubers. He told me something and I was like, right, you've asked me this question. I'll give you this advice six months ago. You ignored me. You now listen to this random YouTuber. I'm going to make a YouTube channel if that's what it takes, you know, to get you to listen to me. And there was a box of Ready Breck on my desk. So I was like, right, there's my name, Shreddy Breck. I'm going to get you shredded and Ready Breck. And that was it. I love it. That's brilliant. In the moment things. Yeah, yeah, and then it's just the name. I made a YouTube channel, and when I started doing my very early YouTube videos around the fitness, around bodybuilding, I've always been a wrestling fan all my life. Like, I never remember a time in my life where wrestling wasn't part of it, because I've got two older brothers like that are a lot older than me. So from like me being a toddler, wrestling was always on, on like Sky Sport. I remember, you know, the Blue Mats. I remember the early 90s, WWF stuff. Um, so I never got into wrestling properly till I was like, probably 98 is when I became an active fan. But even up to that time, like I was familiar with wrestling because it was on and I was conditioned to wrestling. So 
always been a wrestling fan um and that's what got me into the gym originally so i actually did some wrestling training when i was like 15 years old i did two sessions I my mean, parents put a stop to it they didn't want me doing it so um when i was like all like a teenager i was like well i want to look like a wrestler this when i was a teenager the top guys were batista and cena so you look at guys like that look at those physiques it's like i've been conditioned growing up watching wrestling so to me this is what like i want to look like this is what superstars look like so i got into the gym and because of wrestling and then just by getting into the gym and you know reading up on how to put muscle on how to get in shape how to get stronger how to bulk up how to you know cut down you got to do your research about you know how to train how to eat that's kind of what led me into the bodybuilding world eventually and then i started competing as a bodybuilder before coming back to actual like you know proper wrestling training in I, I, I basically done three stints of training in my life with wrestling one when i was a teenager and it was literally two sessions and my parents put a stop to it i was 20 21 year old um i started wrestling training again did it for a few months the training school became a shit show the guys running it the guy the actual guys running it stopped running the school so it very quickly became a wrestling school from it very quickly deteriorated from a wrestling school to a bunch of lads who were messing about in a ring and when that happened it really soured me in wrestling i was like i don't this isn't like this is just a joke that it soured me so much on wrestling after you know the the good guys left and the actual coaches left and i just thought right i've tried wrestling it hasn't worked out that's the end of it and then i you know just end up started bodybuilding and that kept me distracted for a few years until 2016 i actually started the um wrestling training with rampage and then i've stuck with it since but uh i started doing the youtube channel the shreddy breck youtube channel and i approached it as like okay no anyone can make these fitness videos and these bodybuilding videos i'm approaching this as a character and my character was shreddy breck and i approached it as if like i was a wrestler cutting promos and i watch back now and i can see why people call me a natural heel because i watch back some of my oldest videos and i just come across like such a smug little arrogant prick and yeah it's like cringy watching them so i can see why people think i'm a natural heel of course of course so i ask obviously a lot of people this and obviously i want to get your thoughts on this the british wrestling scene as a whole i've said it's in a really good place would you obviously agree with that statement yeah i would um i think you know during lockdown the scene got decimated, well, before lockdown, it got decimated, oh, well, no, sorry, it, during lockdown, it got decimated, before lockdown, NXT UK had started signing some, you know, the bigger names, but as that was happening, I just saw that as, okay, that's like the, the natural progression, like, for me, I never got into wrestling to be a weekend wrestler, or just be at the indie level, for me, it was, I only get to do a and it's almost like, okay, the steps to get there, um different for everybody but the way that i envisioned it was you go to wrestling school you get on local shows you get on bigger shows you build a bit of a buzz you get a tryout you're successful in a tryout you get a, to do like to do it a re just like little stepping stones each time so when i saw nxt uk start and you know they would sign some of like the top guys i saw okay you've now got the top guys gone so then everybody moves up a level. So it's like the guys who were like the upper mid cards, let's say, they're now the main event guys, and everybody just managed to like move up a little bit. Lockdown obviously decimated the scene, decimated all forms of entertainment. Um, coming out of lockdown was a bit of a weird time because you had lots of shows, but you almost didn't have like that big 
buzz around wrestling. There was loads of shows on, drawing like a hundred fans. So there was plenty of shows available, but it just had lost like that allure that it had before um, lockdown. Like you had WCPW, What Culture Pro Wrestling, all these big super shows running. So I think it was busy, but it just lost that star power. And then now, fast forward, like, you know, a few years, you've got like shows happening every weekend, some big, some small. You've got super shows, you've got imports coming back over. I think the scene is growing again. I think it's, you know, when you listen to wrestling podcasts, people say wrestling's like cyclical. It goes through those hot, like those boom periods, then it's down, then the hot periods, and it's down. And I think we've had like a down period. Then I think like we're kind of, I don't know if we're back in a boom period yet. I think we are, you know, in a better place than what we were in 2021. Absolutely, absolutely. I fully agree there totally. So is there any obviously talent obviously in the UK scene you'd like to obviously work with? Um oh good question and put me on the spot. It's hard. Like there's a lot of guys who have wanted to work who have been able to work. Recently I was in Ireland, uh, Northern Ireland, wrestling Tucker. That's someone I've wanted to work for years and years and years. Joseph Connors is someone I've wanted to work for years. I'm going to wrestle him um next week. These are the guys though, like that I've maybe done little bits and pieces with, but never had like a full-blown singles match with them. Like what's a name that jumps out to me immediately, like a British guy, Dean Allmark, would love to work like a singles match with Dean. Um so there is definitely guys out there on the scene that for whatever reason, I've not been able to work yet, but there's loads of like you know good matches that you know can still happen. Absolutely. So obviously you've been, you spoke obviously highly with the bodybuilding thing. How do you juggle obviously bodybuilding and obviously wrestling because it's completely two different things in a way. It's two very very different things. The bodybuilding to an extent complements the wrestling because the physique that I've got obviously makes me stand out and the physique plays into the persona. The Jack Sack Daddy persona would work whether I was a bodybuilder or not, but looking, having that presence obviously does set me apart. Wrestling does not contribute at all to the bodybuilding side of things. Um, it makes bodybuilding much, much harder, much more difficult. What I don't think a lot of fans maybe understand about wrestling is to see you wrestling for 15 minutes on a show, 20 minutes maybe, but they don't see to get to that show, you might have travelled three, four, up to six hours, one-way trip to get there. You're hunched up in the car, your back's aching, your knees are aching, you get to the show, you wrestle for that 15, 20 minutes, you're back in the car, travelling back home, home super late, you've bumped all night in a match, you've been cramped up again for three to six hours, depending on where you're driving, in a car, hunched up. It's those bits that have the like, that takes its toll on you. So not just the physical wrestling in the ring, the travel contributes massively to just the general ache and the wear and tear on your body the lack of sleep like if you're working a full weekend of shows and you're not getting home till two three four o'clock in the morning the next day i need to be up i need to be in the gym i need to be hitting the road to make the next you know venue that i'm at which again could be anywhere from two three four five six hours drive each way so it's a very tiresome hobby 
activity, lifestyle, wrestling. Bodybuilding is a very tiresome lifestyle. Put the two together, and it's very difficult to do. Um, you've got, you know, there's people in wrestling who are in shape. There's people who aren't in shape. I'm one of these people, just because I'm in shape and I bodybuild, I do not think every wrestler needs to look like the quote-unquote stereotypical 80s, 90s body guy wrestler. Wrestling's a variety show. But the guys who are in shape for wrestling, it bodybuilding shape is completely different. Body, to look like a bodybuilder is not necessary for wrestling. It's a completely different sport. It's a completely different um, activity. But to do the two... And I don't just bodybuild, I compete in bodybuilding. I don't just train to look good, I train, you know, to do bodybuilding shows. And that is next level. Um, anyone can train and look half decent if they, you know, put their mind to it. Bodybuilding is like that next level of, it's to an extreme. The bodybuilding is an extreme. Um, so it is difficult, it's very difficult to do. And hands down, it might sound arrogant, but there's nobody in british wrestling and i would argue there's nobody in wrestling in the world who is competing in bodybuilding at the level i do it whilst also wrestling the kind of schedule that i wrestle whilst also balancing running a business running shoot life like i i would love to be signed to a WWE contract or an aw contract or a tna contract or a new japan or a no contract where my sole income was okay you wrestle and that's your income and you don't have to worry about anything else i'm not in that fortunate position so i have to work to pay the bills i'm still in the gym i'm still prepping for bodybuilding shows last year i won the nabba mr britain bodybuilding show drove two hours literally straight from the venue covered in my bodybuilding tan straight to a venue to wrestle and i don't think anybody is doing that at that like that level um this past two weeks ago i competed in the nabby universe which is like the top of amateur bodybuilding it is the top show you can do in the world nabba is the most prestigious bodybuilding federation amateur federation in the world it's what arnold competed in back in the 70s so when i say it ain't no gimmick it's a lifestyle that's not a catchphrase that's not a slogan that is genuinely what i mean and it does maybe sound arrogant it does maybe sound like i'm blowing my own trumpet but if i don't do it nobody else will because i don't think people realize the effort that goes into it some do but i don't think a lot of people realize the physical the mental, the willpower, and just making everything work and come together, like to do it all at once. But it's because I've got a lot of things in my life that are important to me. Wrestling is important to me. Bodybuilding is important to me. So it's either a case of, okay, I'd just, you know, bust me balls and make time because they're important to me to do both. Or I think, ah, oh, you know what? I'd rather just sit home and play games today. So I'll just won't bother doing that. And I'll just sit home and chill out. Like, that's there's not I, there's no compromise for me when it comes to certain aspects of my life and people are like oh, i don't know how you do it i don't know how you do it it's just because it's important to me just that's that's how i do it with everything obviously you do do you even get time obviously to like chill out or are you just constantly on the go literally constantly go so like as an example tonight we were meant to be doing this podcast at eight o'clock i think mm -hmm. 25 minutes late because it's literally the day has run 
longer everything and it's like to fit everything in i need to do it's yeah you could argue well i've got poor time management maybe i do but at the same time i'm trying to cram so much into my days because i was actually writing so in my, in my shoot job like the business that i run like kind of my professional career i was actually writing a post on linkedin earlier today saying like I'm not one dimensional. A lot of people in wrestling look at me and think, oh, Shreddy's a personal trainer in his like real life. I'm not. I have a very different career path than that. But people just assume, oh, well, he's a jacked up, in shape guy. He's a personal trainer. I'm not a one dimensional person. I think it's easy to stereotype people looking at them, like, and just make an assumption and put them in like uh, this stereotype or put them in a box. But for me, I'm such a diverse person in terms of interests hobbies lifestyle that for me to fit everything in it just means i've got a hectic lifestyle um i don't like it might sound like i'm coming across complaining if that's the case i'm probably just putting it across wrong like i don't like to complain about being busy because it's my choice to do everything that i do um and if i wasn't busy i would be complaining like if i had no wrestling bookings if I had no clients to work with, if the business that I run wasn't, you know, earning money, then I would have things to worry about. Then I would have things to complain about. The schedule I've got, yes, it would be nice to have some downtime, but I kind of have this, my lifestyle is what I've made it to be. So while it would be nice to have some downtime, I don't like complaining about being busy because I'm busy as a result of, you know, it's my choice. Absolutely, absolutely. So, next question I've got is for people obviously listening, obviously, who's fans, are obviously yourself, what do people not know about you as a person? Um, so, I think uh, it depends who you're asking. Like, my close mates in wrestling, I don't have many. I have a lot of colleagues or associates, a lot of people that I'm friendly with, but I don't have many mates, like proper mates in wrestling. Um, but you know, my close like circle and my close social circle knows pretty much everything about me. But I think I kind of, you know, just guys who I say hello to and that's it. I chose like I mentioned earlier, probably just assume oh, Shreddy's a personal trainer. Fans might look at me and think, all oh, right, he's a bodybuilder outside of wrestling, and that's it. But I think the things that people don't know about me, I mean, you can see this back wall here, it's full of like all my nerd stuff. People who follow me probably know this, but like to look at me, you wouldn't think I'm into Pokemon card collecting and into Star Wars, like two massive parts of my lifestyle. Star Wars is probably my favourite franchise ever. Like, yeah, that, Pokemon, wrestling. But those are like some of the biggest franchises that I'm into. I'm a big collector, big Pokemon card collector. So that's maybe something that people don't know about me. I imagine a lot of people, I post about it today on LinkedIn. Very rarely do I post like personal or shoot like life stuff on Twitter. But I was nominated for um, Best New Entrepreneur in the Tees Business Awards, which is like regional business awards where I live. Um, I posted that on LinkedIn today. So a lot of people probably look at that and think, oh, I didn't realize Shreddy had his own business. I don't know what his business is. I don't know what he does, you know, for a shoot job or for a living or career. Um, I'm studying for a PhD uh, lecture. So these are probably things that people don't know about me. Um so yeah, like I say, I'm not a one-dimensional person. So there's probably loads of stuff that people don't realise that I do or I'm interested in. Because I think just a lot of people stereotype of, oh, well, he's a, you know, muscle-head, he's a jacked-up guy, he's a wrestler, he's a nerd. And they just try and put you into these one boxes. But I don't know. I think the more diverse or varied you can be, the more of an interesting person you are. 
I love the fact you said Pokemon because that's basically my childhood in a nutshell. Oh, yeah, same. Sorry, from eight year olds, Pokemon was from eight till going to secondary. So, pretty much from eight year old, Pokemon was like the thing that I was into until Gen 3. That's where, like, that's where it lost me. Then Fire Red Leaf Green came out. I was back into. I've never kind of faded out from it since. Um, I, the modern stuff. I've got to admit, like, I, I would struggle to name modern Pokemon. For me, Pokemon is a very nostalgic thing. Gen one and Gen two is kind of you know my bread and butter. I'm familiar. I've played most of the mainline games, but for me, it's that nostalgic time. Um, and that's why I gravitate towards collecting the cards from when I was a kid. I'm a massive collector. And it's because of that nostalgia that Pokemon brings because it takes me back to that those childhood times. Yeah, absolutely. I, I fully agree there totally. Gen 1 to 3 is probably the best. What's your favourite Pokemon? I can't believe I'm asking this on a wrestling podcast. Favourite Pokemon? So the answer always changes because it genuinely was too hard for me to like to say. I'm probably going to just give you like a basic bitch answer. It would have to be a Mewtwo or a Charizard. However... If I was to sit down and really think about I could give you probably five or ten Pokemon who would be very close to being my favourite. I much prefer Raichu over Pikachu. I love Squirtle. I love Blastoise. love Growlithe. love Arcanine. So it would be hard to pick a single Pokemon. But if like, you had to put me on the spot, the first two names I always think of would be Charizard and Mewtwo. And whichever one I would pick would just depend on what the weather was that day probably. Do you watch the movies or do you just obviously play the games? So, watched the movies when I was a kid. Um, I've seen some of the movies on Netflix. I'm not seeing all the Pokemon movies. Um, I saw like, the remake of the Mewtwo Strikes Back film, like the 3D like mm-hmm. CGI one. Um, I've saw, is it Pokemon Journeys, maybe? There's a few films I've seen, but like I say, I've not seen them all. Like I don't pretend to know everything about Pokemon because I don't. However, when it comes to that Gen 1, Gen 2, old school retro Pokemon cards, games, merchandise, the early anime episodes, anything from Gen 1 to Gen 2, merchandise, I am very knowledgeable when it comes to that stuff. Yeah, what's your favourite Pokemon game you played? Favorite Pokemon game would probably have to, would probably be the Heart Gold Soul it's Heart Gold Soul Silver for me. Pokemon Gen Two is my favorite um, because Gen One is what got me into Pokemon, and for me, Gen Two was like the perfect sequel. It built on everything from Gen One. It still maintained Gen One. It's still a heavy presence throughout the Gold and Silver games, and then Crystal throughout the um, Johto anime series um the films it was a just a natural extension whereas gen 3 came out and it was a complete departure and it was like two different for me gold and silver is peak pokemon but then the remade them heart gold and soul silver and those games for me are like as perfect as you can get to to a game so yeah heart gold soul silver is definitely like peak pokemon for me yeah, the one thing I like about the Heart Gold one is obviously when you complete it first time, it kind of like goes back to Gen 1 anyway, and I really love that. So the original Gold and Silver did as well, so it's that that wasn't new for Heart Gold, Soul, Sil- Heart Gold, Soul, Silver. I keep getting tongue twisted saying them. In the original Gold and Silver in the Game Boy Color, you also went back to Kanto, and you kind of just went back through all of the Gen 1 gym leaders. Um, it was a little bit barren compared to Red and Blue, 
in yellow because the really like I've watched loads of like YouTube videos and read loads about like they really struggled to fit it onto the cartridge. And there was one of the developers who managed to like change something with the cordon and managed to fit it all in. Um about I think it was like how something to do with the RAM and how things load up and something like that. So they were able to fit everything in. And that's why Pokemon Red and Blue were notorious for glitches when they first came out as well. But yeah, that they were able to fit Kanto in, but they had to kind of dumb it down a little bit. However, as a kid, going through thinking you've got for finished the game and then getting to kind of relive, you know, what you'd just done in red and blue was absolutely mental. It was. There was so much jam packed in it. I mean, I, yeah. I, I'm thinking about it now. It's absolutely terrific. So it's possible. absolutely class. Brilliant. So one little obviously more question as we begin to wind down. Moving obviously back to wrestling. So what's the short term goal for you? Short term goal. Um it's hard to say because it's not so I'm going to change the question. I'm going to answer. I'm going to give you an answer to a different question. The long term goal for me is WWE. That's from day one. The only reason I started wrestling, wrestling training is because I want to get WWE. Um that was the goal. So for me, that's where I want to get to. Now the short-term goal, it's hard to say. It would have been when NXT UK was still a thing, right when I got NXT UK, but then that went. There's no confirmed date of when NXT Europe's starting. So a short-term goal, I can't even say, well, it's to get a WWE tryout or an NXT tryout because it's like, when's that going to happen? So short-term goals, it's really hard for me to say because... I know where I want to be, so it's kind of like, well, I'm just doing what I'm doing to be ready for an opportunity. Um, I suppose short-term goals, I would love to wrestle in Japan. 2024, if I could go to Japan and wrestle, would be amazing. I would love to be um, like a regular on something like a Progress and ICW. Um, so I suppose those would potentially be short-term goals, but... Um, yeah, it's a hard question to answer when you kind of think in longer term. That's absolutely fine, not a problem. So, Shreddy, obviously, that obviously wraps up obviously our interview. Um, any shout outs? Tell everybody where they can find you and stuff. Yeah, so most active on Instagram. I have Twitter, I post on Twitter, but I don't like scroll on Twitter because it's just a shit all. So, the best the place I'm active on most is Instagram. Um, so people can find me on there, Shreddy Breck Gym on Twitter, on Instagram. Um, got my YouTube channel, love posting vlogs, sort of like wrestling show days. I'll vlog behind the scenes on the day of traveling and stuff, workouts, gym videos. Uh, I put like nerd stuff on there from time to time as well. During lockdown, I was doing loads of Pokemon videos. Don't do them anymore because I'm just too busy with, you know, other stuff. But I regularly vlog um, wrestling show days. I was wrestling in Qatar in September. I was doing stuff with D'Lo Brown over there. I've got footage to sell edit and upload from that. Um, but yeah, I upload regular vlogs about wrestling and show days, travel behind the scenes, speaking to you know other wrestlers, other talents, uh, and kind of like full day being videos, gym videos. So if you're interested in that kind of stuff, um, you can check me out on YouTube, which is uh, Shreddy Breck. Any shout outs or anything? Shout out! So, just want to say, big shows coming up um, soon is wrestling in Newcastle. Make sure to check those guys out. Um, yeah, and that's that's kind of it, really. There you go. That's all. So, obviously, the magical wrestling is back this Saturday. Freddie, thank you so much for us taking the time to talk to us, my friend. 
That was a pleasure. And of course, enjoy the rest of your week.